You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Billy Embody. With me, Shay Dixon, on a really ugly Monday in Baton Rouge. But you know what? That's okay, because it was an unreal night in Tiger Stadium on Saturday night as LSU took down Florida 42-28, another top 10 win for the Tigers, and plenty of buzz about this team coming out of that one. Shea, you were there. That atmosphere just looked incredible. It lived up to the billing. Uh, What were were your takeaways from, from this weekend's just incredible football game? Yeah, the atmosphere was definitely uh, unbelievable. The Gator chomp uh, in the fourth quarter when LSU was uh, up by seven and trying to put the game away and come up with defensive stops and and obviously the Burrow to to chase with five-plus minutes to go uh, sort of helped him seal it. But uh, Orgeron, uh, talk about not just the student section, there's a lot of people uh, doing the Gator chomp in unison uh, right at, you know, right at Florida. Uh, in sort of the, the biggest moment of the game. Uh, and Orgeron said, look, I looked around the sideline and the team was jacked. All of them were looking up in the stands. And he said, it's those kind of moments that shift things. He called the crowd one of the MVPs. And uh, so often you talk about it, like Tiger Stadium at night and uh, there'll only be a you know, handful of games a year where they play, you know, half of them at home and then half of those are even at night. Uh, and for them to, to deliver on, you know, one of the biggest SEC games at 7 p.m., uh, that kind of atmosphere was, uh, it's the best we'll see all season. I don't think it'll be matched again uh, with this LSU team and, and what kind of the remaining home schedule is. So uh, if you were there, you'll remember it for a while. It was loud. Uh, and I packed all the way to the brim. And I'll tell you, and, and we'll touch on this more uh, later in the week, but uh, we've talked to a lot of recruits and, and Ed Orgeron said the same uh, that parents told him when they left on Saturday and again on Sunday uh, that they had never seen, you know, an environment like that. And uh, they could see very, you know, easily why their kid would want to play there. Yeah, like Shay alluded to, we're going to dive into more of the recruiting side of things later in the week. But touching on this game, I, I think it was the perfect game for Joe Burrow to, to kind of cement what legacy he's building so far this season. He was calm, cool, collected. Really, no matter the situation, I felt like, look, LSU's defense had a really rough first half. And then they kind of buckled in and and settled down after that opening drive in the second half when Florida went up 28-21. But the one constant was Joe Burrow throughout the night. He was almost perfect. He, He had three incompletions. I think one of them was a drop. Just continued to build this Heisman Trophy candidacy. And, and he was the SEC Player of the Week because of it, and he's moved up in the Heisman Trophy odds after his latest performance, continuing to kind of chip away at that lead that Tua Tungvaluwa has on the Heisman Trophy right now, at least in the odds. Shay, this, this, for me, this is just the continued kind of checking the boxes for Joe Burrow as they go through this season. And, and as people start to kind of creep in with doubts about this offense, like early in the week, last week, people were talking about the pass rush and, how is LSU going to handle it? Well, Joe Burrow ran a little bit more than he has this season for the most part. He, he was quicker in his in his decision making, and that led to a forty another forty plus point performance for this offense. Yeah, it's nine straight games 
of a, a 40 or more points dating back to what I guess mid-November in, in 2018. So it, it's been unbelievable to witness that. And you talk about Saturday night, the O-line played the best they have all year and, and not that they've been steadily improving and they weren't really at a, you know, a terrible mark ever. So that's becoming one of the strengths of the offense, even though, you know, we're caught up in the points and, uh, and I don't mean just you and I, but everybody out there, you know, Burrow and everybody else, the running Clyde Edwards, Elair, uh, the young backs at running back and obviously the receivers and, and Thaddeus Moss guys like that. But the jump that Deculus and Charles has made has been really impressive from last year to this year. Uh, they're playing well on the interior. Cushionberry at center uh, knows all the calls for you. He's going to get the job done every week. He'll never let you down from that spot. So Joe Burrow, after every game, says, look, get a shout out to my O-line. And then obviously not far behind. They're catching it at an unbelievable rate. Uh, yards after catch for guys like Jefferson and Chase has been nuts. I mean, he you can throw it 10 yards down the field and, and they get the rest done for you. Uh, Thaddeus Moss has probably played back-to-back of two of his best games since being at LSU. You can see his confidence rising considering he hadn't played, hadn't been on the field for a couple of years since coming over from NC State a few years uh, as a transfer. But uh, it all circles back around to Burrow. I mean, you can have all that and still have a quarterback who can't, um, you know, get the job done for you, doesn't know where to put the ball, holds it too long, whatever it might be. And He's in such a rhythm. I mean, three touchdowns and three incompletions in this one. Uh, as you said, picked up some big plays with his feet. Uh, but it's just been it's been nuts to watch. I mean, given that he's now sitting right at 80% passing on the year, that he's won four SEC Player of the Week, Offensive Player of the Week honors, Billy, in what, six games? So uh, only twice did he not get the award. Uh, and even then, he was probably in the running for it in, the, in those games. So... It's special. Uh, I would tell folks to just enjoy it because, I mean, he's played his way from not just a 250 to one Heisman uh, odd guy to, to, you know, right there at the very top, but also into a draft pick and not just a draft pick, but a really high one, probably. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country, no doubt. Uh, And I think people will see that that translates to the next level. So these next six games of the regular season, I have no real reason to believe he won't keep doing what he's doing. LSU is going to score points on everyone they play, uh, including Alabama. And, and, you know, I think the times of them getting completely shut out by Bama are done now. They will not. I'd be floored, obviously, if they shut out this offense. Um, But it's it's tough to even explain. He's just on fire and you can tell he's in a zone. And uh, I think for a quarterback, when you get rid of all that, you know, everything that runs through your mind. And so naturally now uh, he knows what he wants to do. And from the time. Uh, kind of he thinks it to when it leaves his fingertips uh, seems to be so quick and flawless. And uh, I'm, I know that everybody's impressed. I'm just anxious or I should more say, say curious to see um, not really this weekend against Mississippi State, who's completely overmatched, but another big home game against Auburn and then that monstrous game on the road against Bama. Uh, I feel like we're going to see a pretty dialed in Joe Burrow because we knew this, Billy. How much last week did he talk about candidly, very openly, without even getting asked? Last year at Florida, I think about it all the time. You know, I threw two picks, including a pick six, for us to lose the game. So he came back this, you know, this go around 2019, and he was dialed in and, and got him the, the kill shot there at the end with Chase and uh, another well-deserved player of the week honor for a guy who, uh, who's turned into a pretty special quarterback, shattering records at a pretty rapid pace here for LSU. Yeah, it's, it's really cool to just – be covering what we are right now, which is just this 
complete historic change of what LSU has been for so many years. And you know, not to take, we could take a whole podcast and talk about Joe Burrow, and and I'm sure we will at some point because we're going to have to. But I, it's just it's really special. I I think. I mean, anytime you get to cover something that changes kind of history, and now again, like you said, I would be floored if Alabama were to shut out this offense. But we've got to see it for it to kind of be validated still in a in a weird way but it, it's historic and and you know i think no matter in a way what happens in, in tuscaloosa this offense has certainly changed the narrative on on lsu they've just got to show it against against alabama this year and and, and see how things go there but they've got mississippi state this week they've got auburn next week after that and then they've got their buy in alabama and, and by the end of uh, that three-game stretch we'll certainly no, I think everything we need to about this offense. And Auburn's got a really good defense as well. And, and Alabama's just kind of had LSU's number. But um, another week coming up for LSU to kind of exercise some demons uh, uh, with, with the trip to Mississippi State. But, at, but still staying on the Florida game, I, I want to touch on Derek Stingley, who got picked on at times last, uh, last week against Florida. They threw back shoulder against him. They really went at him. I will say one thing about Derek is is that he does a really good job of not allowing yards after the catch. If somebody does, you know, catch a ball on him, it's a quick tackle. They kind of he kind of locks people down. But when the game was in the balance and Florida was driving and LSU needed to play in a big, big way from this defense, Derek Stingley made one in the end zone, picked off Kyle Trask, and for that reason, he was named the SEC Freshman of the Week. I gave LSU two players recognized by the conference. Derek Stingley didn't have his best night, but when LSU needed him the most, he had a, a just huge, massive play, which is what we've come to expect from him at this point. Yeah, man, three straight games with an interception in each game. Obviously, the Florida one was huge in the fourth quarter. Uh, and then look, I mean, look across the SEC at how talented, and there's a bunch of them. Uh, Bama has talented corners. Um, I don't even have to go on the list. I mean, there's 10 guys, if not more, uh, that are going to be playing NFL you know, ball on Sundays uh, across this league, starting or playing in defensive backfields right now. And Stingley leads the SEC in passes broken up, leads the SEC in passes defended. And like I said, now that he has three picks in these three games, he's second in the SEC in interceptions. And he's 18 years old and has played six games of college football. So then two of them in huge games. Texas being maybe one of the best games he's played uh, yet whenever he had to uh, kind of lock up with a number of different really talented Texas receivers uh, and played lights out. So I think, I mean, he's been phenomenal. He was the highest ranked corner uh, in the history of 24-7 for a reason. Um, We knew he was special. I just think the ability for him to come in and show it like this. And like you said, he got picked on and they were going back shoulder on him in that game uh, really early and often. But as Orgeron said, the mark of a, a good young player is is that you can beat him up like that, but uh, you know at some point in the game he's going to make some you know make you pay for something, and that's exactly what happened at the end when he uh, picked off Kyle Trask in the end zone. Yeah, so a, a great honor for for Derek Stingley, but he wasn't the only player that really made a difference on that LSU defense, and and as much grief as they got in the first half and the way Florida moved the ball uh, during that half, and then to open the second half. That defensive line really stepped up. They, they forced a lot of pressures. I, I think at the end, they were the difference. And 
when they got in third downs and, and after that holding penalty that set them back first and 20, that was kind of the difference in, in, in the ball game. That was it. That Florida ne- needed a perfect game offensively to beat LSU, and they were kind of having it up, up until that point. And then they get the first and 20, and things kind of fell apart from there, and LSU holds them scoreless the rest of the game. I think a huge credit goes to the defensive line. Ed Ogeron really highlighted Justin Thomas, Glenn Logan, and, and, and certainly Neil Farrell as well. But, but I thought a former five-star, and, and two of them really, Caleb Von Chasson had a really strong game, and then Marcel Brooks with, with a couple key, key plays for LSU down the stretch. I mean, that, that pass rush needed to step up. They did, and, and that was kind of the difference. No doubt. And I thought that uh, you summed it up well. Look, people have knocked on Chase on. And even if you just look at the stats, he's not always going to jump out to you. He's in a way like Grant Delpit. Teams try to find a way to avoid him or if we can get two guys on him. Uh, and obviously that frees up uh, room for other guys to make plays. And uh, I'm with you. Ed Orgeron said he thinks with they got Glenn Logan and Rashard Lawrence back. But uh, he said when Logan's healthy and when we've seen him out there, he might be the best defensive lineman they have right now. I could spend the whole podcast talking about Tyler Shelvin, someone who I wasn't sure would ever really turn that corner. And it was not a knock on anything, but he was overweight coming in. He was trying to lose it, trying to lose it. um, And really his conditioning was called into question because of it. Uh, And now he looks, I mean, he, as I said each week, he outlasts everybody. There's DBs trying to come off the field before he is Uh, his push uh, ability to kind of uh, change the line of scrimmage uh, and get guys into the backfield has been really impressive. Um, but shout out, I mean, two guys deserve a shout out here. Neil Farrell and, uh, again, maybe three, but Neil Farrell and Justin Thomas for sure. And Braden Pahoka has also played well for him, uh, but Braden's a fifth year senior. Uh, we knew last year what Braden Pahoka could do for you. There was questions as to would Neil Farrell really turn the corner and become a guy and would Justin Thomas ever play? And Justin Thomas was playing inside, outside, uh, on the line for him this past weekend, getting a big push on the center on a handful of plays. Um, Ed Orgeron said that when Bill Johnson got here as D-line coach, he quickly saw something in Justin Thomas in practices and said, this guy needs to be playing more. Uh, and because of injuries, he got his chance, and he's proven it. And, and Farrell's in the same boat. And Orgeron said it a few times. He said it again on Monday. But because of injuries, we've had to rely on Neil Farrell. And now kind of hate to take Neil Farrell off the field. And uh, as he said, I kind of consider him and Glenn Logan and Richard to all be sort of co-starters at this point. Uh, as defensive ends because all of them have played so well and, and certainly you know what you get from Richard when he's healthy so yes I think the D-line has been a major difference and you mentioned Marcel Brooks who you put him in in that cheetah package but don't play him at safety anymore and Orgeron said he's back as a linebacker he's an edge rusher now but when you can bring him on uh, off the edge or you know he stunts inside or whatever it might be uh, he just gets there so quick and we knew that from high school right I mean anybody who watched his film last year said this dude rushing the quarterback's a terror. It's the reason he was a five-star, uh, and it paid off for him this weekend. And, and Billy, he, what, he debuted his new sack dance. So if he gets uh, some more sacks, maybe he gets to continue dancing. Yeah, and, and you said it well there at the end. Uh, when I went and saw uh, Marcel play as a, as a senior and, and watched Garrett Nussmeyer earlier in his, in his high school career, Marcel coming off the edge was just – he's just such a disruptive player. And, and look, I mean, he's – He's long. He's athletic. As, as Ed Ogeron says, he's about 200 pounds, so he's got to put on some weight, which I think he will as he just matures as a, as a young man. But 
that him him coming off the edge, and and we saw it in the Army All American Bowl or the or the, the All American Bowl last year when he was a high school senior. He led the game in tackles. He was in the backfield the entire night, and he's just he plays at such a fast pace that look how can LSU not just put them in put him in there at defensive end and just say okay somebody's going to stunt and you're going to just come right off their butt and you're going to come right in the a gap and and fly in there and that's what he did and and it's paid off in a, in a huge way and so he's earned himself much more playing time same with Tyler Shelvin like you said he's outlasted everyone it was nice to see Apuaika get in there at times uh, against Florida I think that's something to watch going forward can they rely on him to take maybe 10 12 snaps away from from Tyler Shelvin at certain points that would be key just to even allow him to continue to play at a high level. So, look, this defensive line is getting healthy. They've been productive, and I think it's just a whole big positive note from that game that they were that they were so dominant. But, look, there's a lot more to get to from this Monday as we learned the start time for one of LSU's big marquee matchups later in the season. TV time for that. LSU moved up in the polls. And Ed Ogeron met with the media on Monday. We're going to talk a lot more about that after this quick break from the Go 24-7 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. Look, guys, when we're busy throughout the week getting you guys interviews, Shay and I are recording this in between practice and player interviews, there's a lot going on. So throw us a bone, subscribe to the Go 24-7 podcast, leave us a rating, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing. If you want to hear something, leave us a review and let us know. So Quick reminder to do that for us. We appreciate you guys listening and, and reviewing us as well. Shay, LSU, after this weekend, they really earned yet another jump in the polls. And depending on who you ask, and for example, ESPN and their power rankings has LSU at number one in the country. But in the AP poll, they jumped Clemson. They moved all the way up to number two with Georgia losing. Look, this is, this is a team that is now teed up for a 1-2 matchup in Tuscaloosa. In a couple of weeks, what do you make of the new polls coming out? And and is LSU the number one team in the country? Uh, well, I should interject too because I know he's going to be listening to this. I had a lot of people tell me at the game uh, and while I was out and about over the weekend that they've really enjoyed the pod, which was nice to know because, like you said, we we take time each week. We do a few of them. Uh, they're fun. And I'm glad people are listening. Uh, and I told him I'd give him a shout out uh, for listening. Uh, I don't want to completely spoil who it is, 
um, but his son plays receiver and he wears number one uh, and is not Justin Jefferson. So uh, shout out to one of the pops who's been around the board forever with us, obviously. Uh, but we did get that review, Billy. We, we got a positive thumbs up uh, from a listener whose son also uh, obviously plays on the team. Well, that that's the only review that matters. I, I, if anybody doesn't want to review us anymore, that's that's OK, because we got one of the most important ones out there uh, already down. That's right. Um, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm with you uh, with the poll and, and thinking LSU is scoring more points a game. Their receivers and, and Chase and Jefferson and Marshall's out or he'd probably be keeping this pace are number one and two in the SEC. Joe Burrow is arguably the best quarterback uh, playing right now in the country. Him and Tua probably is is what everybody would go to. Uh, and we've seen this defense come around. So uh, I think they're deserving of a top two spot. I'm, I don't really care about this whole, like, well, polls should be this year and not last year. It's not like Bama's playing bad right now. Um, and as you said, they've had LSU's number. I don't think that's really factored into it as much as the reality that the last few years they've been really good and they've got a lot of returning pieces on offense that came into this year. Uh, I thought that they should have been number one to start. Um, I don't really think that Clemson is as good as they were a year ago. Um, I think that's been proven to be the case. And Ohio State, Oklahoma, uh, you know, those schools are – uh, are obviously legit. Um, you put those uh, three, four teams together, and they are the the best offenses in the country right now. So I could see it being anywhere from one to four, but with how LSU's played, they should be one. Uh, and if not, then the bottom would be two. So uh, I was, I, I thought it's a round of applause there for uh, the pollsters, even though the AP doesn't ultimately matter. It will be the college football playoff polls that come out in a, a few weeks that everybody looks to for uh, the final four teams. But uh, yeah, I don't know about you, Billy, but I mean, they're right now for me, LSU is either the best team in the country or the second best team in the country. And I don't think it really matters because, in my opinion, the two teams are who are the best two teams are going to play each other in three weeks or four weeks or whenever it is. I, I thought it was interesting that the pollsters decided to go ahead and move LSU up all the way to number two in the AP after this game when Clemson was running out the backups. Um I think like five minutes into the third quarter this past weekend. So in a, in a weekend that Clemson was dominant against, you know, not anyone impressive, but this was kind of one of those weekends where nobody Florida state sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I couldn't even remember it. And it was Florida state. Ouch. Um, yeah. I, I, I thought it was interesting that they did move LSU all the way up to number two, but I think it is well-deserved. And like you listed off the reasons why, I think that the, the two best teams in the country in terms of resume, in terms of how they're playing, I think are LSU and Alabama. And a lot of people will point to Ohio State. I saw a couple people out there that have Ohio State as number one as well. And I, I'm still in the camp that I don't think Ohio State's played anybody. I don't – I mean, gosh, we saw Minnesota crush Nebraska over the weekend. So I think that gave that even more credence over that college game day destination earlier in the year in Lincoln when Ohio State killed them. I, I, I just don't think they've proven against the top team yet that they're, that they're legit. So I want to see that before having them up high in, in that one-two type of range for me. But it'll be fun when, when LSU and Alabama get together in a, in a few weeks to, to really settle that conversation. And, and look, it, to have it as a one-two matchup just makes it uh, all the more impressive and, and, and just kind of special to be a part of. We'll be there, be there for that one. I have a feeling. And, and so this kind of tees up really well. And, and look, one thing I am surprised about is the CBS choice for this week's game. Shay, 
Um, they did the six-day window, and they opted for LSU and Mississippi State to be at 2.30 on CBS. And uh, did you see any of the backlash from the Mississippi State fans on, on Twitter about this? Oh, yeah, they were not happy. They were – you you hate it even for Joe Moorhead. They were they tweeted out the school did that they they had gotten picked for the two thirty game. Uh, I saw people Mississippi State fans. Obviously, they just lost to Tennessee, who you know has played pretty bad at points this year. Um, they've been playing merry-go-round at quarterback now, and uh, the state fans were asking if it could be on PBS, if it could be uh, shown you know at eight in the morning, uh, and then a lot of them tagging Moorhead, telling him. Uh, Unfortunately, this weekend, uh, everybody's about to get to see what's been going on in Starkville. Uh, so, yes, it is the 2.30 game. Obviously, usually one of the more watched games of the week being nationally televised on CBS. And what, right now, LSU, I think Monday morning when we checked, it was like 19-point favorites. And maybe they started out at like 18. And uh, we'll see if that creeps up or kind of steadies out. Um, I wouldn't imagine it drops very much. But uh, I did see that, um, you know, look – Three touchdown favorites on the road, even this past weekend, 14 points to a, a Florida defense that came into the game, what, averaging or giving up less than 10 points a game. They still covered that. Uh, and with LSU's defense kind of playing really well again, uh, and, and at least in spots, obviously, uh, it's it can be kind of hot and cold for them. But uh, I think going to Starkville, there'll be guys on this team who remember what it was like to go up there and get beat by 30, you know, on a time where – uh, Orgeron said today just didn't have him prepared, didn't have him prepared for the crowd noise. They were down on D linemen. Farrell and a couple of guys, Farrell got kicked out of that game. Justin Thomas didn't even travel. Uh, they had some guys hurt who ended up not playing. So uh, I think they're going up there with a little revenge on their mind and with the offense playing as well as it has. I know that Burrow and Chase and uh, these guys will be kind of fresh faces to, to that game in Starkville, but uh, you'd have to think that they'll just continue along. And it won't surprise me at all if LSU wins by 20-something points, if not more. Yeah, I think this game is, you know, it is it is a trap game, you know, sandwiched between an emotional win and and now a, a, another 230 game that was announced on Monday, LSU-Auburn in Tiger Stadium on October 26th. So we'll have that to look forward to as well, much uh, to to the uh, dismay of, of some LSU fans. But that one was was kind of destined for 230 with, with that weekend slate. So LSU-Auburn at 230 in Tiger Stadium on CBS. But, yeah, I, I think this coming weekend we'll talk a lot more about it. LSU is, has a chance offensively. And, and at this point, why would you bother even thinking that they're not going to put up a ton of points? And that's kind of the biggest thing for me. And I think that's why it's an easy cover once, uh, once again. I know last week wasn't an easy cover for LSU, uh, but they did do it and held on to that, to that uh, cover over, over the Gators. But, yeah, I, I just think the way this offense is rolling, LSU is going to roll. Over, over Mississippi State as well. And, and here's the big key, though, for them. And Ed Ogeron mentioned it. He said, look, we were not ready for that hornet's nest in Starkville. The cowbells, the, even the, he even shouted out like the music they were playing, just kind of how it, frankly, rattled that team. And that was a team with a senior quarterback in Danny Etling. And while they had a lot of injuries offensively, or excuse me, defensively, they were just out of whack. Uh, in that football game and didn't ever get off the mat after that, those early uh, scores by Mississippi state. Yeah, no doubt. And I think, and like you said, we'll, we'll dive into our game predictions and all that on Friday, but 
this state team is not what that state team was. That state team actually had a bunch of dudes who ended up playing, you know, going to the NFL over the past couple of seasons. Uh, and as I mentioned, they've been trying to figure out their quarterback situation. Uh, Tommy Stevens, who, you know, came down from Penn State uh, to be with Moorhead, has not played well at all. Uh, they've been trying to feel out what Garrett Schrader can do. Uh, and I think it's one of those things where uh, they're going to need a real spark early uh, to feel like they can even stick in this one. And if, if LSU plays like they did, um, I guess, you know, Vanderbilt's the only other SEC road game right now. But uh, if you go on the road and, and you're putting up some points early and you're not playing a team like Texas, you're not playing in an, Starkville will be rowdy, but that Texas game had an environment to it because uh, they don't play each year. They don't really play ever. So uh, it was packed to the brim. Texas wanted that game uh, and just couldn't keep pace with LSU. And that was in week two. Uh, it's a lot different than playing LSU in week eight uh, when they've got things figured out. Are we in week seven? I guess this would be eight with the bye week. So um, a lot different now than it was even then on the road in Texas and even Vanderbilt. So uh, I think the defense has things figured out. And at least against a team like State, it's going to be it, – it'll take a Herculean effort from the Bulldogs. And uh, it would be a way bigger upset even than South Carolina beating Georgia, in my opinion. I mean, this – this LSU team just can score points at will, uh, and I don't think that Mississippi State's going to be able to keep that kind of pace. Obviously, any, anybody would be shocked if, if that happens. So uh, this is another chance for LSU to get better. Look, go, out, go up there, put a bunch of points on the board, actually play well on defense consistently across 60 minutes, and I think you leave that week probably feeling really good about yourself uh, coming back home for uh, what then becomes two, matchup against, two matchups against uh, two Alabama teams in, in Auburn and Bama. Uh, across a three-week stretch with that buy sandwich in between. Yeah, it's it's certainly going to be uh, fun to watch and 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 see kind of how these next couple weeks go before the lead up to the LSU Alabama game, which will be unbelievable uh, for both teams to go through once again as as one two teams in the country if they can both hold on through through these next two weeks. Shay, I think we covered plenty of ground today. Tons more to come on the podcast this week. Tons more to come on Go Twenty Four Seven. We do have a promo going on right now for, for new subscribers only. Sign up for an annual subscription and get 60% off that subscription for you guys. 42 bucks for the year, a couple coffees a month if you want to break it out like that. So pay attention to that. For our current subscribers, we got you covered. We got some things coming in the pipeline to make your subscription even more valuable and we appreciate all you guys who subscribe to go247.com as well as the podcast so appreciate you guys listening we've got plenty more to come throughout the week on the podcast so keep it locked on go247 the latest on lsu as the tigers prepare for mississippi state this saturday 2 30 in starkville have a great rest of the week everyone what if i told you imaginary friends are real this is just so exciting now Get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.